Hi, this is Anna. Welcome to ReaderPod Podcast. I'm talking with Susan Francis today. I really had a great experience with her debut memoir earlier this year. I didn't think I particularly liked memoirs, but what I think I didn't like was just the listing of events that I find in memoirs. The Love That Remains was done so well that you're right there beside Susan and Wayne as they look for her birth parents and head off for the trip of a lifetime. I can't wait to speak with Susan Francis today in person. Talking about The Love That Remains, your beautiful book. I loved it. It's such a nice memoir. Thank you very much for talking with me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you very much for um, wanting to talk about it. Oh, no, I love this book. Gosh, it took me so much by surprise. Um, my friend Adrienne lent it to me and or showed me her copy, said what a great book it was, and that was all that I needed. That cover alone sold me. It's just beautiful. I know. The cover is beautiful. Um, I've told the story before. I have a friend who's a writer. And she said to me, oh, you don't really have a lot of control over what the cover looks like. And I kind of knew what I didn't want, but, you know, I didn't say anything. I just left it up to the publishers. And they sent me through a mock-up of the cover. And when I opened the email, I saw that it said mock-up of cover but I couldn't see the image and I was just kind of sitting there for about five minutes. I was so nervous to see what it would be like. And then I opened it and it was just like, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Beautiful. And it's so perfect. I know. And there's like, when we were overseas, um, um, one of the things that I did a lot of was take photographs of cherry blossoms and the lady that, did the cover is called um, Christabella and she's from Christabella Designs and I thought gosh it felt like she'd walked into my house and walked around and and looked at everything but she hasn't she just yeah I was just amazed at how she interpreted the the story yeah oh beautiful 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 so um, I came into it not knowing anything at all, and I was so grateful for that. So I won't do any spoilers at all. Spoilers. Some people want to talk about the whole thing, yeah. and other people don't. Oh, and I'm so spoiler conscious. <laughs> I I I am too. Just happy that that they want to talk about it. Oh, sorry. Well, now, when we are touring again, can you please come to my shop at Synchronola? We would love to have you. So uh, I would love to come. I like I've seen your images on on um, Instagram. It looks like what I wanted to do my entire life. It's just beautiful. It is. It's it's so nice. I love my shop being able to be back on. So it's just fantastic. And I um I feel the same way. I felt in some ways I was lucky when the book was released. It was book uh, released in beginning of February yes so I had you know two or three months worth of publicity but that third month I was supposed to do the Newcastle Writers Festival and go down to Victoria um so all that was cancelled so it's a bit hard to know exactly how much it affected the book um but I just can't wait Till I can get in the car and just, yeah, like a travelling salesman. Promotion and talk about it. Exactly. On one hand, I've never read more books, 
So it must be a good time to have books out. But on the other, oh. Yeah, on the other, I mean, it's great talking across Zoom. Mm. Thank, thank God I'm for so Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but there's nothing like connecting face-to-face with an audience. So I did a little bit of that before, before COVID shut us down. And it's just amazing being able to have people ask questions and respond on the spot. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really special. I think we are very lucky to be able to do do the Zooms and do the virtual instead, I think. Yeah, I agree. So you're teaching yeah. well. I think I'm not surprised at all. I think you're a real master at the memoir. Um, so I, I was an English teacher for mm-hmm. many, many years and um, so I don't think I'm a master. <laughs> I think you learn a lot by doing Mm -hmm. um, and by research Mm -hmm. and um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to teach my experience and what it was like for me and what I've learned because the learning, honestly, this is my first book that I've ever had published and the learning curve has been extraordinary. Um, And I've kind of just fumbled my way through it. So far, I don't think I've made too many mistakes. I made a few. Um, (laughs) No, I did. (laughs) So I think actually it's kind of nice for me to be able to share that with people. So, um, So not so much teaching. So when I was teaching English in high school, you know, I had the master's degree. I had all that stuff. Um, now I think it's teaching from what I've learned and, um, you know, both writing the memoir and then how you get it published and what happens after that. Yeah. The beautiful part that I really loved was just how raw it was. It felt like I was experiencing your life right alongside you. Um, do you regret that? No one's quite asked me that in that way before. Um, I think that, (laughs) no, it's fine. I mean, how can I not answer? As you've just rightly pointed out, people know a lot of things about me, um, in a very raw state. I think, um, with the adoption story, that was always meant to be, this is the way it is. That was me saying, this is who I am. You can't hold that information yeah. over me anymore. It's yeah. mine and I'm going to put it out there. Yeah. So that was not an issue. Um, what happened in Portugal, without giving any spoilers away, um, and I've said this before and it remains true, and I probably, someone said to me the other day, I don't think I could go back and read it now. Because I don't know if I could either. Um, but at the time, so I wrote that maybe 2016, maybe a year later, a year and a half later, and I was having a great deal of difficulty holding everything that happened that morning in one block or one, okay, this started here. And it finished here. I just couldn't. And I'd go over it in my head because I was, 
still feel very guilty about whether or not I'd done everything that I could have done. Oh, my goodness. So I'd go it over and over and over and over to see, to examine it. So to actually um, get it down on paper was a massive relief for me because I finally had it. I finally had it within a square, you know, it was on a page and I had it contained mm -hmm. and I finally caught it all in the one spot. Mm -hmm. So that part, even though it was incredibly raw, God, it was such a relief to get it out and to get it onto the page. And finally, I feel like I made sense of what happened that morning. Over sense yeah because for a long time it just didn't make sense to me at all I just couldn't figure out what had happened or why it had happened or um, whether I'd done the right thing so getting that out on the page was a, a great relief for me and I never thought about other people reading that and what they would think when I was writing that I didn't think about that yeah. the last I section the way that it reads I feel like I'm right <laughs> having it and that's, in front of me uh, and that's the way I had to write it absolutely. I had to write it like I could remember it in pictures mm -hmm. um, I remembered it in pictures and I remembered it in such a sense of panic mm -hmm. um, and so I just had to get that from here to here I just had to explain it to myself. Yeah. This is what happened. Yeah. So I never thought about other people reading it, to be honest. I, like, I really didn't. That's interesting that you've asked me that because I'd never thought. The last section, I really worried about what happened in New Guinea. Yeah. I really worried about putting that down. Um, I thought you tackled that beautifully as well. Yeah, it was so... It's such a controversial thing to write about from... Yeah so many different perspectives mm. you know whether it was my story to even tell is one of the things I first wrestled with oh, right. um oh, gosh, I didn't even think of that of course it's your story to tell but you well right. I can see exactly your perspective now yeah so in the end I feel you know I I do still worry about whether or not I did the right thing um by writing that but I made the decision to go ahead and do it and I feel that it brings the book around in a circle yeah. and kind of demonstrates really well about finding identity and, yes. you know, finding yourself and finding your own strength. Yeah. And the book would not be a whole if it didn't have no, that section absolutely. in it. Yeah. No. So in the end I feel for the wholeness of the book and to demonstrate what I was trying to say, mm -hmm. it works really well. I still have issues personally about whether or not I did the right thing, but I made that decision and, oh. and now I live with it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it would have been, uh, a, yeah, it would have been incomplete. It would have been a cop-out. It would have been a, to, not, to not tell it. And I just I feel then that we know you both so well now um, and isn't that the whole, I mean, that's definitely why I read. I think that's the whole, that's the whole point of connecting. That's, that's the whole walking a mile in the shoes. I just, I think you've done a beautiful job. Thank you. I, and I think too, in a way it is, 
it's a homage to Wayne as well, oh. in a way. Um, and I wanted that. I wanted to show what a complex man he really was. Absolutely. It would have been a, just a, a cop-out. And um, so when I finished it, I thought, um, I distinctly, like I wanted more chapters. Like I couldn't, I wanted more. And then I came to the realisation, of course, so did you. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> because there should have been more. I think you were just starting off on your on the romance and on on the adventure that you the soul changing adventure that you were having uh oh, loved it loved it loved it yeah yeah that's really interesting what you say about wanting more a few people have said that and some people have been quite critical of the book because it did you know oh, someone act <laughs> <laughs> It was you that left that bad review. <laughs> um, yeah, somebody actually said, where's the rest of it? Um, but you can't, there is no rest of it, you know. And No, that's the whole point. This is memoir, you know. Um, someone said, oh, is your next book going to be memoir? And I'm kind of like, God, I hope not. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, there's only so much that can happen in your life. Yeah, there's only so much that you want to be happening. But are, That's so are you writing anything now? Are you going to be... Are you am doing I doing anything now? Yeah, I've just finished... Um, can you see this? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've just finished... I don't know whether you say first or second draft because I, I don't write all the way through. I go... Write a little way, go back. Write a little bit more, go back. Write a little bit more, go back. So it's a constant draft. So I suppose it might be a second draft. Mm -hmm. um, so I've just finished that, um, which is fiction, not non-fiction. Yeah. But it's historical fiction um, based in Timor. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and with the background of the Balibo Five, which were the five yes, yes, journalists. journalists. Yep. yep. Um, so, so this book, <laughs> and it's amazing, you know, when you do research. I had my characters going along this road, and I poured over this map of Timor Leste, and you know, blah la la. And then I read this book. Thank goodness, because that road didn't exist back in 1975 that was a different road and you know things like that and yeah. I've got a character I've got a fictional character with a surname and one of the good guys in the real story has the same surname so I'm like oh god I've got to get rid of that oh, surname yeah. <laughs> yeah things like that so um yeah research very important yeah <laughs> Because, of course, when you write a memoir, you don't need to do research. No. You know the story. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just, I can't wait to see what you do with fiction, though. I thought you had just a, such a, a lovely, genuine, a friendly um, style that I would love to see translated into the fiction. I think that would be fantastic. It just, it, reading your book, I felt it might have just been that I had no idea what the storyline was, what the plot was, but I was right there beside you living it. And gosh, it was lovely. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. I think uh, 
a lot of people have said that mm. um, and other people don't like it at all. I think it's too, maybe too honest. Um, so I've been watching Goodreads and people are giving me four and five stars, mm. Mm. but I got a one I the did. other day and I got a one. Oh, I'm the idiot who's wanted more. <laughs> no, a different one. Oh. <laughs> um, so I think, I think, I don't know. And somebody said, you know, I turned 59 on Friday. It was my birthday. Oh, um, your birthday. Yeah. birthday. Yeah, so oh. 59. And someone said they thought it was unusual that a woman my age would write that kind of stuff. And I remember Wayne saying, you know, he was aware that I was writing the book. Yep. It just turned out to be very different to what I imagined it was going to be. Yeah. And I remember him saying to me when we got to Granada that he wanted me to write about people in our age group. And back then I was 54. Um, to write about people in our age group to show people that you're not really that different to when you were 30 or 20. Absolutely. You have... Yeah. yeah, you have the same emotions, you have the same desires. Yeah. Um, and that was important to him that, yeah. that we show that or that I show that, yeah. Yeah, oh, I think you've nailed it there. That's such a good point. I, I'm so sick of reading about first loves and 20-year-olds who um, I just, I think um, that's fine when you're in the throes of, of being 20, but... I want to read more stories about me, like my life, my my age bracket, my like. I don't want the um, the older people to be the um, like the sexists that are that are just on the bylines and standing back. Yeah, give us some good stories about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel the same way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. Well, very well done. You loved it. Oh gosh. Thank you. <laughs> you can only write what you want to write. Hey. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But looking at your bookshelf, so you read a lot of Ian Rankin. I love Ian Rankin. All these thrillers. I didn't think you'd be a thriller reader. It's a secret desire. <laughs> it's a secret. It's a secret that I tell no one. I, this is my, this is my all-time favourite. Tim Winton, the writers. Tim Winton, yes. And this is not my only bookshelf. Brilliant. This Just is brilliant. Um, so yeah, I have a lot of Ian Rankin, but I also love um, Tim Winton, especially, and this. Oh, no, you can see it all. Oh, Sebastian Fox. Yeah, yes. absolutely. My favourite book yes. in the world. Um, oh, and this, this, The Nancy's. Oh, love. <laughs> he, so he is no, published by Alan. Yes, I know. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. I thought that book was just... Oh, there's something so unique and so special yeah. about that book. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Just made me, um, made my heart swell. Yeah. I just thought it was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. He's another one that I've picked up on Instagram and I think of him as my friend now. I just love that book so much. 
Yeah, I can't wait for the second one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I think it's a real, it's a real gift to be able to, to put your work out there like that and to, to make real connections as well. I think you've just done, you've both done just beautiful jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I actually read something this morning. A book is really great when you feel that you care about the characters mm. you really care about what happens to them and and um and i i'd never thought about it that way before but it's really true if you really when you're really invested in what's going to happen to them that's when you're reading a good book my thing is when um they do what what they would do when they're fictional like when you can work it out and say oh yes that was part of their character characteristics of course that's why they did it um and when they there's nothing worse than reading a cardboard copy of a person and them just being two-dimensional I think um I think you read books for the connection you read books to see to see other lives lived out I think yeah I agree I think that's exactly why you read books um it's like sometimes when I'm reading uh pride and prejudice Mm -hmm. or something i love it if i get a description of the food or you know and it feels like um i want that detail from from back then and every day and i want to know yes the big events that are happening around them as well of course but yeah um it's true i want to be able to put myself in their position and yeah yeah no. So do you write, Anna? No, no, I'm a reader. Just a reader. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no desire to write? Reading. <laughs> no. No, I've tried writing um, and I'm terrible at it. Oh, God. <laughs> I bet you're not. <laughs> Definitely a reader. <laughs> but I know what I love reading and your book was one of them. Loved it. Absolutely. Thank you. So special. Yeah. Thank you very much for talking with me. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate it, Anna. Oh, very, very much. So um, it's going on my new podcast um, that I just have to um, quickly edit and then it'll be straight on. I'm really looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Thank you. And I can't wait to meet yeah. you in person. Yeah, think about that. <laughs> we'll get. We'll get. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. See you. See you. Bye. 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 Okay, so thanks for listening. Please rate, review and subscribe. See you next time on Read a Pod Podcast.